0: Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you gotta do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started, like now.
2: Yo, what's that? You found Brown and I just jumped off the porch with dirty glove bastards.
1: All right, y'all, so we have Caleb, wait, let me, the Caleb, we have the Caleb Brown off the porch today. How are you feeling? I'm
2: feeling good, I'm feeling good.
1: I love to hear it. Yeah. So, are you based in Atlanta? Because when I was doing my research on you, it was saying that you were Atlanta-based.
2: Um, when I first did my, my first deal, when I was with Rostrum, I was spending some time in Atlanta. So, like, nah, not really. I'm back at home. I'm in B.R.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. How is it being back at home?
2: Um, I like it. Like, I spent like the last couple of years, I've been moving around, recording my album a lot. So, like, just, you know, being away from my family for so long, like, I'm happy to be back. Like, I ain't gonna lie, like, I don't wanna go nowhere. I got <laughs> homesick. I only been out here for a day, and I'm homesick already.
1: Well, I feel that. Um, now, with you being from Baton Rouge, what was it like for you growing up there?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, shit was pretty cool for me. Like, you know, it wasn't. Uh, you no, know, just rinky-dink lifestyle all the time, like, you know. I ain't always had what I wanted, but I always had what I needed, so.
1: Who were you listening to growing up? Lil Wayne.
2: <laughs> Lil Wayne, that was it. On the bus, we just, Lil Wayne from the drought, the car to no ceilings. Um, sorry for the wait, that whole area was lame. I wanted to be Lil Wayne so bad.
1: not be little wayne so bad (laughs) um now when i was also doing my research i read that basically like gospel music played a big part in your upbringing as well Mm. and yolanda adams you mentioned her a lot and i have never heard anyone say that yolanda adams is like somebody that they was really influenced by what would you say about her that you were influenced about Oh, oh influenced with sorry
2: Mm, uh, I can't tell you really nothing specific because, like, when I was listening to that, it was more so in the call of my mama. So, like, it was just more so like the memories listening to her hoes. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, I don't know.
1: Now, I feel like, just going back to Baton Rouge, I feel like almost every artist that comes out of there leaves some type of stamp on hip hop, like Boosie, Webby, we all know NBA Young Boys. So what is it about Baton Rouge that like really leaves that stamp on hip hop?
2: Um, I think it's just like the honesty. Um, a lot of people, we say a lot of the shit people afraid to say, for one. Um, and we just raw, like, you know, we don't give a fuck about like how nobody perceive us. Um, we just do our own thing, we, you know, we march to the beat of our own drum. So um, I think it's just that.
1: And you know, out there, y'all are heavy on the trap, <laughs> but your sound is like the total opposite. Does that play a part in your support out there?
2: Uh, Yeah, because like, like, I remember it was one, I was just only one time this ever happened, but like, you know, like you said, if it ain't no jigging shit, like, people, it's gonna be hard for people to listen to you, but I ain't really never had that problem. Like, even in high school, like, I was at all the talent shows, I was like, um, the showcases the city would throw. Um, you know, we used to throw our own little shows, you know, so we was kind of like always buzzing, like, we never really had that problem. Like, we was the kids, like, we was the cool kids, kind of like, I don't know. Like, we didn't have that problem, really.
1: And I read in an article, and it said it, that you were diagnosed with bipolar. And I do kind of want to talk to you about that, because I feel like with bipolar, people just think that it's just like one minute you feel good, then the next minute you don't. But I know that it's like more, way more into depth than that.
2: Yeah, for
1: sure. What would you say was like that point where you had to go get checked out for it?
2: Um... Be a lot of moments where I just had like these bad manic phases. Like I'd be spending a bunch of money, you know, get geeked up too much. Uh, I make a few bad decisions. It was, you know, one time I just made the wrong choice, and I was like, "Hold on, I'm tripping. Like this ain't normal. Like this ain't normal." So.
1: Oh wow! So spending money, like being impulsive, like that—that was one of them.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Really, for sure. For so, and it wouldn't really be like no crazy shit. Like I just go crazy on you know, like you know whatever my vice is at the time.
1: Now, what do you feel? Does it get talked about enough when it comes to being bipolar?
2: Um, how common it is? How common it is? Whether you want or two, you know, uh, it's very common, especially in the black community. Um, yeah.
1: Now, how are you able to deal with it as an artist?
2: get high smoke weed really like i know it ain't the healthiest thing to do but it's the most logical thing to do at at my point in time you know at my point in my life right now
1: and outside of just like smoking weed have you found like other methods to kind of keep it in control
2: uh yeah uh if i really feel like man i gotta get out the house like i'm doing i'm stagnant too much i'll go to the dog park or something i'll go take my dog to the park or something like that or uh I might go play basketball or some. or I might randomly go to the gym, or something like that.
1: Now getting into your music career, you were turned early on, like in high school. <laughs> when did you decide that you really wanted to go all in with rap? Uh, like
2: Really high school, like, I told the story many times before, but you know, like, my freshman year, I didn't really make the bad, I was actually staying out here my freshman year, I was going to Campbell High. And uh, I didn't make the basketball team, so I was like, fuck it, uh, I gotta do something. And I knew I wasn't going to college. Like, I, like if college for you, go. But I knew, I knew back then college wasn't gonna be for me because I didn't, I didn't care when I was in high school. So I was like, I just gotta figure it out. And that was it, like, I was like 15. I just started going hard.
1: What would you say is like the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make along the way?
2: Damn, um, it's been a lot. Uh, I say it's a lot, but when I, you know, my whole little time recording my album in LA and out here, like just being away from my family, so much shit happening while I was away. Uh, It just kind of felt selfish at a time, like when I was just gone. So I don't know. That's probably the hardest thing. Just like, you know, being away from family, trying to do this while there's so much shit going on.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Now, when did you get your big break?
2: I was still waiting on it. I am still <laughs> waiting on my big break. I ain't lying.
1: And you went on tour at 18. What was that experience for you?
2: That shit was cool. Shout out Jaren Ben. That shit was very cool. Like, I was fresh out of high school. Definitely a learning experience for me, like, definitely, like, I'm, I'm, I'm forever thankful for that shit. For so. sure. How
1: did that opportunity come about for you?
2: Um, management. We had the same management at the time, so he was like, "Hey, this should be a good look. Y'all kind of in the same field, so we just, you know, and we clicked as soon as we met each other. So, and I've been on Jaren from the Funk era, you know. So,
1: so your first performance on tour, were you nervous at all? Nah. Mm-mm. Oh well, so you just went out there and just did it. Uh <laughs> huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm.
0: At participating
1: McDonald's. Heard that in Louisville, you almost got removed from the bus for being too turned. <laughs> what happened with that?
2: Louisville. I don't think that was Louisville. It was. Uh, I think it was coming out of Chicago. Coming Chicago. Of Chicago? Ridge okay. or Some shit like that. But um, I yes. I so basically we had a show somewhere near Chicago, something like that. It was cool. Um, and I had got a text message, it wasn't even nothing too crazy, it was just like, damn, I wish I was at home right now. So at the time, it was me and my bro, he ain't here right now, shout out Ryan J, me and him was on that bitch. And uh, they had like a gallon of Jack Daniels, you know what I'm saying? So me and him, we cracked that bitch open, me and him drank half the bottle within like 30 minutes. We listened, like we going stupid, we listened to Three Six Mafia, Boosie, Old Gates. (laughs) And um, the, <laughs> that nigga Jason, um, we was so like we was so turned. Like while he was driving, that nigga start brake checking us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like nigga, sit down, y'all tripping. And once I sit down, I don't remember nothing else. I blacked out after that, and shit just went left.
1: Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to sum it up, you was young and turned.
2: Yeah, to an extent.
1: <laughs> now, did you sign a deal when you were in high school? Okay, so with that, would you recommend somebody signing, like, in high school?
2: Um, um, If that's what you feel like you need to do, like, based on my circumstances, that's what I did, you know, it worked out for me.
1: And as you're furthering in your career, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you've been learning so far, especially as an artist?
2: Um, you always just gotta go with what you feel, bro. Like, like that sound cliche as fuck, but you really just gotta trust your gut. And like, you know, like you know better than anybody. Fuck, uh, fuck a A&R a marketing rep, a manager. Fuck they numbers, the statistics. Fuck how many, whatever. You know, like if you hear, if you already done made it to this this spot, to where you talking to different managers, you know something. Like, just keep going. Like, just keep going. You know something. Follow your, follow your gut.
1: Now, I do want to talk hip hop with you because I feel like you got some interesting perspectives on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How would you describe today's era of rap?
2: I like it. Uh, I like it. Um, I feel like we're starting to come back to a balance, you know, where we got to balance the trap shit, we got to balance the alternative shit, we got to balance the backpack shit, whatever, you know. It's flavors, different flavors for sure.
1: Um, if you could change one thing about the hip-hop scene right now, what would it be and why? I
2: wouldn't change nothing. Wouldn't change nothing. Niggas going to be who they want to be.
1: I feel like now, like you said, we have such a variety with like different genres, so it's really just lit right now. Yeah, like, tripping. So, with music, you know that it can sometimes alter the way we feel and the way we think. Can you really elaborate about how powerful the influence of music can be on someone?
2: Um, yeah, because uh, there's been times where it's like you feel a certain way and there's a song to describe how you feel and that's probably the most important thing a person can have, you know what I'm saying, outside of like having somebody they can confide in, music, like, music takes you to another place, like mentally, like, I don't know, spiritually.
1: Now getting into your music, you are a huge storyteller, and being a storyteller I feel is such an art because not everybody can do that. How are you able to capture those stories within your music?
2: I'm just... Talking about my experiences, really. That's it.
1: Do you feel like the storytelling is somewhat lost in today's music?
2: Mm. Cause I think Big 30 can tell one hell of a story. Yeah. So. I mean, King
1: I, Von told hella King a hell of stories. King Von
2: can tell hell of story, so I don't think it's nah.
1: So back in 2018, you dropped Brown with Sony Digital. Yeah. How did that come about for you?
2: Um, just being in Atlanta, hanging around, um, bumping into different people, you know. I knew his people. His people knew my people. It just kind of made sense at the time.
1: And how were the studio sessions?
2: Um, it was cool. Like, you know, we had a couple sessions, like two or three. We knocked out most of the songs within that time frame. You know, it was just a vibe. We just, you know, vibed out.
1: Um, what would you say uh, you, did you like the most with collaborating with Sony Digital?
2: He had some shit I didn't expect him to have. Like, we got that joint wanted on there. Like, I wasn't expecting him to have that in his archives. So, that was for sure. Type.
1: Now, I really want to get into your new EP. Is it Nevea? I don't want to pronounce it. Hold on, man.
2: That's my debut
1: album. Your debut Debut album. album, Sorry. The debut album that literally just dropped yesterday yeah <laughs> and it's Novea, right yeah okay I don't want to mispronounce nah, it you right. but what was the creative process behind this project oh, Man,
2: it's a lot of long nights um, a lot of fucking getting high um, a lot of just living you know
1: now with this one what headspace would you say you were in while you were recording this
2: uh, I was focused for sure. I was like, everything I wanted to make sure, every line I had, I said it with intention. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I didn't want to waste not one bar with this project. I felt like I was putting out so many EPs within this time frame. I had been working on this since I was literally a senior in high school. So, like, I don't know. I, I didn't want to waste no time with it. Like, I was very focused. I mean, it was a very focused project.
1: Wow. So, this is like. Wow, like you took your time with yeah. this one.
2: Yeah, we got so many different versions of this album. Like I don't know, I probably got like five different versions of this album. Like Some of the songs made it from the first versions. A lot of them didn't. So.
1: And you even incorporated some scriptures within this project. What made you want to do that? Um,
2: I just felt like it was uh, helping tell the story of who I am.
1: And how would you say that this project really differ, differs from all of your other ones?
2: Um, it's very personal. Um, it's definitely my longest project. Um, and like I said, my most focused one. Mm-hmm.
1: And when I was looking at your Instagram, I even saw that you had like pictures of your family as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah,
2: appreciate it.
1: And so with it being yeah. Nevea, um, what's the meaning behind that title?
2: Um, uh, I mean, alright. so... Um, in high school, I started a series called All Dogs Go to Heaven. The first one came out, like, I was a junior in high school, whatever, that shit kind of that. Got me on the Rockstone Records radar. After that, we kind of just revamped the first one, changed the beats, added a couple different new songs, and we called it the second one. Alright, so, after that, I was releasing so many different projects and everybody would tell me like, yo, All Dogs Go To Heaven was the one, like that bitch a classic, like that bitch a classic. After all of the new shit I dropped, like after the sunny shit, people still be talking about this shit. So like after this whole time, I was like, man, I just gotta figure out like how to capture that same essence because I had so many people in my ear. Once I got signed, like I just couldn't even figure out what I wanted to say, Like I don't know. So once I figured that out, I was just like, all right, cool. So I got everybody out of my ear. I was actually, I came home and I was actually able to figure out like what I really wanted to say. And I just pieced it all together. Like I've been had some of the songs. um, A lot of them were recorded between like 2019. Like Pretty Lady, that shit was recorded in 2017. Um, But anyway, anyway. I recorded the rest of the songs when I went home and shit just clicked. I don't know.
1: Now, what would you say, um, is the message that you want your fans to grasp from this project?
2: Um, I don't think there's really no message I want them to grab. I just really want them to understand me as a person.
1: And I know this isn't a fair question to ask, but what would you say is your favorite song on that project?
2: Um. Probably, um, mm, probably history, or uh, probably white gloves. Either or.
1: So So now that we have Nivea's memoirs, what else can we expect from you this year?
2: Um, a lot of videos, a lot of videos, um, a couple show dates, um, a lot of more content, a lot more content, um. We, very, we cranking it up with the whole, I do Yelp reviews, so I go around and like whatever city I hit, I go to a restaurant I've never been to, I get my dog to pull a camera up and like, you know, we basically do like a video, a live Yelp review or whatever the food they got. So I'm like, I've been off slacking because I've been working on the album, so I'm back on that shit. We about to, you know, get back moving around, you know. Yeah, cool shit like that.
1: Oh, so you're a foodie. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what's like your favorite food?
2: (laughs) Chicken, for sure. I can eat chicken a hundred different ways. (laughs) I can eat chicken a hundred different ways.
1: And you know Atlanta, they got a lot of that. I just moved here and I be seeing wings, like the word wing everywhere. Bro just had
2: some wings (laughs) last night. He said it was trash, though. Really? You ever been to Goodfellas?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Bro said the wings trash. I don't know.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Shout out (laughs) Geos. So, are you going to, would you do, like, I would say, like, foodie vlogs on YouTube?
2: Yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. Like, mm-hmm. that's all it really is. I'm just hoping Food Network cut the check one of these days so I can, you know, get that budget. We can really do our thing.
1: Y'all hear that? Food Network cut the Man, check. Cut the check, bro. Before we wrap up, what would you say are some goals for you as an artist for this year? Uh
2: and make a hundred million, expand my fan base, and um, take this shit on the road. Like, I'm ready to take this album on the road. So that's really my biggest things right now.
1: And before we wrap up, feel free to shout out all your people back home.
2: Yeah, for sure. Shout out the whole gang town biz, you know, my nigga DQ Rogers, you know. Shout out my nigga Jose, shout out my nigga Quadri. Killer Cam over here, you heard me, you know, super producer, you know, you know, VR, we out shit, nigga know what up with us. Hey
0: there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about?